Welcome to Lessons for Life, where we seek to learn, love, and live the Word of God. Now, here is James Long Jr. Well, welcome back. And this is James Long Jr. And we want to talk to you today about remembering who you are. Remembering who you are. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to focus specifically on verses 9 through 10. But what I want to do as we begin is to get the context of that section by going back to verse 4. In essence, Peter's going to say that Christ is chosen and precious, so are we. And look here with me as we read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8 says, As you come to him as living stones rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. So what we find is that Christ is first the living stone. He, he's chosen and the precious Redeemer that, that God the Father had sovereignly chosen, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, to come here and to live the life we could never live and die a death in our place. He is the living stone, and we, did you catch it? We are living stones as well, a spiritual temple where the Holy Spirit resides. He not only said that he is the living stone and that he's chosen and precious, but he also said that he is the cornerstone. It's a verse from Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. It says this, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. So Christ is the living stone, Christ is the cornerstone, and now Christ is the rejected one. This is a quote from Psalm 118, verse 22. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That even though it's the chief stone, and even though it's the cornerstone, some of the builders have rejected him, looked aside, and that's what most of the world does when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ today. But the scriptures go on as Peter is quoting scripture after scripture. He says that Christ is the crushing stone. Isaiah 8.14, and he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. See, Jesus Christ is this amazing stone who's living He's the cornerstone. He's been rejected. He crushes. But for those of us that are in him, we are never ashamed. We are justified by his grace through faith in Christ alone. So that brings us to our section here. Remember who you are, our identity and purpose. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. 
But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Who am I? There's a song by Casting Crowns I love, and it goes, Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? That's a great question. Who am I? And and oftentimes when we look at ourselves and we look at our identity, we look at our purpose and we say we're nothing. And I guess outside of Christ, we are nothing. But in Christ, God has set his affections upon us, and it says we are a chosen race. This looks back to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 through 9, and it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the people who are on the face of the earth, it is not because you were more in number than the other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were fewest of all people. But it's because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with his mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations." great passage. So first, you need to know that you are a chosen race. Second, you need to know that you are royal priesthood. This looks back to Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, and it says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Do you catch it? Royalty, that's kingdom, and priesthood that's holy. We have access to royalty. We have access to God. But not just access to royalty and access to God. We are holy. Holy means that we are separate, set-apart people. Now, I want you to tell, tell you a little bit about some theology here. There is the first step of our salvation, or the uh, initial stages of our salvation, is the declaration by God, which we'll call justification. Justification is that God looks upon us as though we lived Christ's life, and he looks upon Christ as though he lived our life. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and that there's this great exchange that happens. So when we are justified, we are not merely declared not guilty, but we are actually declared innocent or righteous in God's sight. We are positionally sanctified, positionally made holy righteous in his sight. Well, we're positionally that way, but practically we're not. And that's where we move from justification to sanctification. Sanctification is the practical application or the practical outworking of holiness in our lives. This is progressive. So there's a positional sanctification where you're declared holy, that's justification, and then there's a practical level of holiness or sanctification, which is progressive, which will go for the rest of your life until you see him in heaven. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, 
And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, as we get into the Word of God, we see the Son of God, and we are transformed step by step into the image of Christ by the Holy Spirit, and it's ultimately all for His glory. So, you are a chosen race. You are royalty. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, and you are God's possession. You have been acquired at a price. Back into 1 Peter chapter 1, it said in this, in verse eight, uh, 18 and 19, knowing that you were not ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Or how about in 1 Corinthians, a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it says, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your bodies. Or 1 Corinthians 7, 23, where it says, you were bought with a price, do not become bond servants of men. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12, it says, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. And in Revelation 5, 9, it says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Oh, amazing. So we are ransomed by God. We are purchased by God. We have been bought by God. You are so precious because you're God's possession acquired at a price. I need you to finally remind yourself that you're God's people, that there was a passage in Hosea chapter one. It says, call this people, not my people, for you are not my people and I am not your God. That's the way it was outside of Christ. But in Christ, you are the children of the living God. Amazing. And we're receivers of his mercy and Similarly, in, in Hosea, it says, you have no mercy. Call her, call her name no mercy in chapter 1, verse 6. For I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them. But God did something amazing. He, he called them and he poured his mercy upon them again, that you are my people. You are my God. I want you to remind yourself of who you are because you are chosen by God. You are royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, God's possession. So now that leads us to our final question, why are we here? Why are we here? And that's an important question. And he said it right here, to proclaim his excellencies. I love this song. It goes this way. We declare your majesty. We proclaim your name is exalted for you reign magnificently. You rule victoriously and your power is shown through all the earth. Oh, yes. An amazing song. We're here to proclaim the excellencies of God. Remember who you are, but remember why you're here. And how did this happen? Well, I want you to know that God did it all. God called us, what, first, out of the negative darkness into the positive light. And then what did he do? He did it for his actions. It's his actions alone. God's actions for us, on us, through us. So live your life today knowing who you are. Live your life today 
knowing why you're here, remember who you are and remember that you have an identity and a purpose and live by the grace of God for the glory of God. And I pray that you be reflecting him today. May I pray for you? Well, Lord, Father, thank you for your kind grace and favor. Thank you so much that you have chosen us in you, in your Son, before the foundation of this world. We praise you that we are royalty and that we're priests. We praise you that we are holy and set apart. We praise you that we are your possessions, purchased with the precious blood of your Son. We praise you that we have been given the privilege of proclaiming your excellencies and being called out of darkness into your light. We praise you that we are your people. We praise you that we are receivers of mercy. So now help us to dispense that mercy out into this world. Help us to live by your grace and for your glory. In your son's matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen. Blessings. This has been Lessons for Life with James Long Jr. We hope you've been blessed. For more information, go to jameslongjr.org.